Welcome to the World We Live In podcast. I'm your host, Eric Patterson, and today is episode 26. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being with us. Um, yeah, we're ready to get going. Yeah. Uh, we, <laughs> I'll just, I'll just, I'll just say this. I, 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 uh, I, I fudged up. Um, so we, we, we recorded yesterday. And somehow one of my settings got off, although I didn't change anything from from last episode. But one of my settings got off, and um, yeah, we finished the episode, and there was no audio. <laughs> <laughs> so that was fun. Eric, um, Eric went to go play it back, and he was like, "Oh, yeah. oh no!" And uh, there was just like Eric said, there was just nothing coming yeah, out of the computer. There was just nothing. We should have noticed it because the monitor's right in front of us. We should have noticed it when when so when we speak, the sound waves pop up and down. Like if if you've ever recorded anything, you can see you can see your uh, your voice going up and down. There was nothing there, but I didn't think anything of it cuz it has done that before where it doesn't show anything, but yeah. Anyway. Anyway, we're going to get at it. Um but it, hey, it'll be a completely new episode. It will, yeah. Completely yeah. new episode, so good stuff. Um, and we love doing this, so it's no big deal. Okay, so we do have a couple announcements. Um, we do. So first off, we have um, we have one thousand plus listens on Audio Boom, which is huge. Um, we've we've only been on there since December fifteenth or so, so that's that's really exciting. Um, so thank you for all that have listened. Um, we appreciate that, and hopefully stay with us. Um, and while I'm while I'm mentioning that, we're also on Stitcher, Spotify. Spotify's huge, super convenient. Um, so you can listen there now, and yeah, we're, and we're on iTunes, where we've been for three months, four months. <laughs> so that's good. Um, but yeah, that's that, and. I know Kyle's dad reminded us of a couple things, actually. So I'll let Kyle talk about those. Uh, yeah, so uh, Eric and Elliot are the, are the roommate that's been on the show. Uh, came and visited uh, Los Angeles, where I'm from, uh, in December. And we went to this place called the Magic Castle. And there's no really good way to describe it besides it's like an adult magic house. Yep. Where you need to be 21 to get in, and you need to be invited by a member. And the coolest, the coolest trick that we saw was uh, the magician. You know, was on stage at the beginning of the show. Asks a woman to hold the kiwi for him. During the show, he asks another person to draw a dinosaur on a dollar bill and to sign the dollar bill. At the end of the show, ask the woman to come up with the kiwi, and he says, hey, you know, I need you to cut the kiwi open. <laughs> she cuts the kiwi open, and while she's cutting it open, the, of course, emerges the dollar bill from the middle of the kiwi. It's all folded up and dripping in, like, kiwi juice. Looks like it's been in there for, like, you know, 30, 30 minutes. Uh, that was pretty impressive. That was sick. And then he and then he proceeds to do uh, to do a Scrabble trick with it was like an add-on. We thought the show was over, and then he he whips out a piece of paper and he uh, he draws three Scrabble words that are eight letters long, and he gives the numerical value to each letter according to the Scrabble. And um, 
he adds up each column and the number after adding up the column at the bottom after adding up all the columns excuse me um it was the serial number on the dollar bill so not only did he find a way to put the dollar bill inside the kiwi but he also found a way to know the serial number and uh proceed to write it down using scrabble words it was pretty impressive. Yeah, it was nuts. Um, so the way the Magic Castle works is there are like main rooms where there's you know main shows and then there's side rooms. So this this actually this, this wasn't even right. This trick was actually performed in like one of the side areas. Yeah. This wasn't even like a main yeah. event trick. Which that's even that's even more crazy. Although the the uh, the main shows I felt like were more. Um, performance oriented yes yeah i mean there was magic because you're still at the magic castle but it, the main shows are very much theatrical if you will uh -huh. yeah but they were good that last one though i think all of us were about to fall asleep <laughs> that last one was almost at midnight yeah yeah but it was good stuff uh if, if you know anyone if you know anyone yeah, yeah. definitely go if you haven't been but it's hard to get in which is why it was so sick as well well cool Oh and then oh and then we uh, so we went to we went to Santa Monica and Venice Beach like our first day first day after we we took the early morning flight out and a uh, couple highlights there we um, we saw a dude uh, riding a bicycle as we were walking back from uh, Venice Beach we saw a dude riding a bicycle with a boa constrictor around his neck and he rides past us looks at us and goes got weed. The bow constrictor too was like eight feet long, like it was huge. Yeah, if it wasn't like it's probably the biggest snake I've ever seen. It was, I think it was kind of like draped over his lap. If it wasn't though, it would probably it would it probably touch the ground. Oh yeah, it was yeah. it was like over his shoulders. Yeah, it was over his shoulders, but it would it would definitely have gone all the way down to the ground. And then and then Elliot, uh, uh, we me and Kyle didn't see this, but Elliot apparently saw a dude. Um, a dude drop his drop his pants and shit into his pants. <laughs> so, I we take his word for it, but uh, we 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 don't we don't know if I yeah uh, we I can't I can't confirm that can't that clarify uh, that. But hey, most of the stuff Elliot says is true, but you know, give or take, give or take a couple. <laughs> but anyway. So yeah, that just a couple highlights that somehow we forgot to throw in, but hope you find those entertaining. Um, so yeah, let's hop into it. Uh, we so we got we got some good stuff for you. We got a UFO story coming up, which is good. But first, there was a couple news stories that I saw that were really interesting. Um, the first one, I'm gonna let Kyle take care of that. Yeah. So this happened uh, on January 25th, so just four days ago. Uh, Science, Chinese scientists have cloned uh, monkeys, uh -huh. which is exciting because obviously monkeys are primates yeah. and humans are primates. <laughs> and so this is the first time this has ever happened. And with uh, us cloning monkeys, it kind of paves the way to clone humans as well. Mm -hmm. uh, and so this technology is called somatic cell nuclear nuclear transfer and even though we now have the technology to clone we uh now that scientists have the technology to clone uh humans they said that 
they you know kind of understand the risk and they're just going they're going to use this technology to clone uh, monkeys to research diseases and kind of disease prevention and illness prevention and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the uh, the monkeys are really cute. They are the monkeys are super very cute. Adorable. Um, I found the quote that I was looking yeah. for. The reason we broke this barrier is to produce animal models that are useful for medicine mm-hmm. for human health. There is no intention to apply this method to humans. Oh man. Dude, there's going to be a whole bunch of like animal activists that are going to be like if oh, you're man. just making these monkeys to be tested on, that is extremely unethical. You know, I've mixed I've mixed emotions. Do you? I do. About about like the animal subjects. Well, well, I mean rats. I don't care about. They're literally all over the place. Who cares about them? But like <laughs> monkeys, monkeys. I don't know. These guys are like. It's crazy because they're they look more like us. So I feel a deeper connection. Right. You feel Isn't more. You feel more empathetic. Yeah, you do. You really do. Um, but yeah, mm, I don't know. I mean. Granted, animal testing is extremely useful in developing new drugs and stuff. So there's definitely a social benefit to it, and I don't I don't think it should be I, I don't think it's gonna be banned or should be banned because I mean what else are you gonna do? I don't yeah. know. But um, another on a, on a different note, the um, uh, the fact that this can be used to uh, regrow limbs or lost body parts. Um, people can, if you lose a limb, uh, I mean, right now you have a prosthetic. I think if you're lucky. Yeah, if if you're lucky. Dude, if you have enough ex- money. Prosthetic, yeah, prosthetics Dude, are expensive. A really good prosthetic is really expensive, and I'm gonna assume that unless you're in the military and it's paid for by the government, it's. A little bit harder to get if you just get your leg cut off in a car crash or something. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's a little more challenging. Um, but yeah, the the regrowing of limbs I think is going to be a huge, huge business in the future if this technology gets going. I I tend to agree. Um, and the article notes that since it's the first time that this has happened with uh, primates, that the procedure is right now like relatively inefficient and i say relatively because we've done it you know compared to the past where it's been literally impossible um so i think that it would that's gonna be like the first step Mm -hmm. to do like obviously you know you do it once then you get better at it yeah yeah well they've definitely they've grown like ears they've grown ears before they really yeah they've grown i've seen i've seen an ear being grown i know they've done that um I don't know. I mean, an ear is extremely simple. It's just cartilage. Mm-hmm. I can't, yeah. Eric brought up a good point that, although in the article it says that we have no intention of cloning humans, mm, yeah, yeah, that our species traditionally takes things a little too far. And that... At some may, point. At some point, maybe not in our lifetime or, you know, in the future, but that Eric believes that sooner... Or later that we will eventually clone humans, mm-hmm. in which I pose the question. So I, I got this book for myself over, uh, 
over break in December. Uh, it's called the Book of Questions. And one of the questions in the book is, if you are a parent and your child died in a car accident, would you have a clone of them to like, quote unquote, like bring them back to life? Like if you could clone them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. We did talk about this before. Uh, so this is, that's tough because um, it would never be the same. And I used this example before, but before as in yesterday or before we were talking about it um it's it's it'll never be the same even a clone is like you can't you can't create an exact copy because even even twins that are born like identical they can be identical and there's been studies that have been done um of twins that have been separated at birth and they're able to track them throughout their life they have found that they may dress, talk, look the same, but the um, the um, what's it? The environment that they grow up in. Oh yeah. I mean, shapes how, it shapes a person. How you process that information yeah. throughout your life can totally change you. Oh yeah, and if you just bring something, if you just bring something into existence at I don't know full maturity. Oh yeah. I, I mean, uh, as a clone, uh, yeah, it's got to be weird. Or even, I mean, yeah, even even if the, even if it's like recreated as a baby, and you bring that child back to life, it's not going to be the same child not that gonna, died in the car crash. It's not going to have the same like experiences. Like two, you know, no, two people, no way. two babies can experience, like two twins can experience the same event and process it. Totally. You know, two different ways. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's true. There's yeah, there's never two of the same paths. Never ever. Which so. is which is interesting because right. Even with the clones you can have theoretically if you're cloning people, you could have the same person, but I guess genetically they're the same, but that doesn't Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, that's that's. I mean, genetically, yeah. You know probably, what I mean? They that, probably are. It doesn't mean they're like walking around and doing like the same thing. Exactly. But there's a movie. Um, and I actually know this movie. There's a movie called The Island with Ewan McGregor, and he plays a clone of a man. And so these 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 clones are uh, are harvested, but they live somewhere and they're told that when their name gets called or i think their number actually when their number gets called they're going to go to the island where they can live really it's not that they get killed and their whatever's are harvested for whatever purpose um and so ewan mcgregor and this other uh, him or who who the other actress is but the other character they escape and they go and actually find their clones uh, you know how you brought up Peter? Oh, not the clones; they're humans. Yeah. A little bit ago. Yeah, Peter. They, I, yeah. I, I, there's, so there's a quote. Is Peter in there? It is. Yeah. Uh, this is from the senior vice president of PETA. Cloning is a horror show, a waste of lives, time, and money, and the suffering that such experiments cause is unimaginable. Uh, I mean, I can't, I can't disagree with that. I'm not gonna. The amount of money that it probably took to create those two monkeys. Oh, unbelievable! I mean, probably amount, probably billions of dollars. I would if I would be surprised if it was 
either a few a few hundred million or close to a billion yeah i think one thing that's so scary about cloning is that obviously it's, it's new and humans aren't good with change yeah. typically but that it kind of you know traditionally we haven't just been able to create things in like labs mm-hmm. you know and then you start thinking of like science fiction and mm-hmm. like all that stuff you yeah. know like jurassic park and oh, yeah. you know creating half humans half horses you've got centaurs walking around Damn, that'd be badass i'd be all down for that i would support that 110 percent. but you know it kind of messes with like what like what could we create Oh, as you know as humans and yeah. that is i would say like an uncomfortable it is uncomfortable yeah because uh, again typically human humans have a tendency to to take it to, take it take it a little too far they really do man we uh we can't control ourselves as will be seen in the next article um no yeah the the money that could have been used elsewhere I mean, there's a lot of suffering in the world. Sometimes I think our priorities are out of whack, but... I mean, cloning's awesome. I mean, that's that's incredible that they did that. It's a scientific breakthrough that'll be mentioned hundreds of years from now and as a cornerstone of uh, innovation and whatnot, but... Mm, yeah. You don't think it's worth the potential health benefits? We'll see. That's true. I guess it's not. We'll I guess it's not fair. Yeah, I mean, I just don't know how much money did it take to create those two, and like, you gotta weigh the cost. Like, will that? I mean, they're probably gonna get tested on it and maybe die. You know what I mean? Well, it says it says that it says both monkeys are healthy. Well, yeah, they're healthy now. <laughs> what if you inject them with a some serum and they die? <laughs> it doesn't work. I mean, granted, not a human didn't die. Those monkeys did. And I don't, I don't know how animal testing works. I'm not sure. I'm Obviously, there's ethical boundaries, but I don't know how that works. But anyway, it'll be cool to see where that goes. Yeah. Cool to see if they start to uh, monetize it. Oh, um, of course. Monetize developing, everything. Uh, yeah, developing um, some, some business models around cloning. Mm, there you go. I... I'm not, dude. I'm sh- I it'll am happen. sure. I mean, it'll happen. We just have to wait. And dude, they're probably. I mean, they're probably. I don't know. Someone's probably working on it right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, dude, there might even be. I'm sure there's companies that are working on um, growing like uh, body parts, like ears and whatnot. I don't know how far they are along with limbs. I'm sure that's extremely complicated. It's a little tougher. Yeah, a little tougher. But anyway, we'll leave that. Um, yeah. So this next one. Uh, Pretty, we uh, we were talking about this before, but it was it was. I think this is this is pretty badass. So, this girl or this woman, um, this woman um, reporter at Financial Times, she went undercover into um, the Presidents Club charity dinner, which is a huge uh, dinner um, at the Dorchester. Yeah, in London. And it's attended by like huge, um, huge names in it was like fin- the finance industry uh, figures from British business, politics, finance, and entertainment. Yeah. So basically, I mean, you could argue that those are the big four. The big oh four yeah. Industries. Yeah. And so, but um, so it was three hundred sixty men, 
all men, and then they hired 130 hostesses, so women, um, and they were told to dress in all black, short skirts, matching underwear, um, high heels, um, and those were the hostesses for the evening. Now, this, um, this reporter went undercover as a hostess, and she reported about the event, and she wrote an article in the Financial Times that caused huge, huge attention. And basically, the premise of the article is that these hostesses were being sexually harassed like the whole night. Um, they were being like touched inappropriately, asked inappropriate questions. She even says that someone was flashed by one of the guys. Um, they were asked to, some of the hostesses were asked to come up to dinner in private rooms. In bedrooms. Bedrooms, yes. Not just, a, not just another ballroom, <laughs> a bedroom. So, so this obviously caused huge uproar. Um, it adds to the continual train of huge names um huge yeah huge names in entertainment and whatnot um politics um sexually harassing women and thinking that for some reason since they have a lot of money and have a big name um that they can big dick <laughs> that they can do so um but we all know that's not the case and it's not appropriate anywhere so but yeah, Kyle, what were your what were your first impressions of this? Uh, I, I will say, so this event has been going on for thirty three years, mm -hmm. and they have raised a total of oh yeah, I mentioned that of twenty million pounds for uh, the charity, which is for uh, was it Children's Hospital? Yeah, they do like Children's Hospitals, and those are the, those un less fortunate, uh -huh, like yeah. un underprivileged children. Mm -hmm. um, so they so they raise a bunch of money and it sounds like they kind of it it sounds like a free for all. So when I read it and you hear about like the 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 roaring 20s where it was kind of I mean it kind of exactly that like anyone that's seen great like Gatsby this seemed like a darker version <laughs> of that. It's not a bad comparison. Yeah. No, it's it's a it's a good point. So the the wait the waitresses are not only can't they are not only allowed to drink on the job they are encouraged to drink on the job. Uh, yes. Um. Apparently the the applicants had to meet three specific criteria: tall, thin, and pretty. Wonder who determines the pretty part. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds it sounds like a nightmare. And uh, Mad Madison Marriage, if she so it says she wrote it. So if she was the the hostess, it sounds like she had a pretty rough night. Yeah, I'm sure she. Uh, I'm sure she had a tough time. Or, yeah, I'm sure she had a tough time. Not, I mean, obviously not fun at all. Not fun at all, but. I'm glad she. I'm glad she did what she did. Yeah, I think it's also worth noting the uh, the charity. Anyone that obviously was asked about it was like, "Oh, you know, I don't know, or you know, that wasn't my experience, or I haven't seen anything like that." They tried to interview the the president, 
of the President's Club, and he said, "Oh, I haven't been to the event in ten years. You know, I don't, I don't know how it operates. You know, I'm, I try to run an upstanding, you know, organization or whatever. But since the article has come out five days ago, the the charity event has been shut down. They are no longer continuing." Yep. The president's club. Which I mean. <laughs> oh, here's a here's a quote. Uh, so this is a quote to the uh, author of the oh, article. You look far too sober. He declared, "I want you to down that glass, rip off your knickers, and dance on that table." Nice. Yikes. <laughs> that said, that that validates your free for all comment. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> I don't, I don't know, yeah, I don't know what, what, like, like, it was the perfect recipe for this to happen. Oh, it like, was, yeah. No, like, no one, like, their wives aren't, if they have wives, their wives aren't there, their girlfriends aren't there. It's all men and then these hostesses who are literally serving them. So, it, I, I, I'm sure this has happened years before, but I. Er, yeah, Eric and I were saying that these are men in a lot of power with probably, most likely unchecked egos who are like gonna get drunk and like cheat on their wives yeah 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 Pro- now, that mo- <laughs> most like most yeah. likely now granted it was not every man in the room no of course yeah yeah but it's <laughs> i don't know it sounds like it was the majority of so it. right so uh so there are 360 invited men and 130 hired hostesses which is about you know one to three yeah Give or take a few, which is a lot of hostesses. I mean, yeah, it's a that's a big event. It's a good size event. So yeah. Well, no more. No, no mass. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there's. I'm sure. I mean, this was this was unique. I think because it was all men, but I'm sure there are a ton of these fundraisers for the ultra wealthy. So, dude, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. But anyway, there were there were names in here like the what was it like the vice president of Goldman Sachs yeah yeah the high up in Goldman Sachs there's also a Finnish um, billionaire real estate investor and also supporter of one of the political parties so yeah the huge the huge dude it's great yeah. <laughs> so yeah that's that. Uh, well, good. Let's hop into UFOs. So we, we, we've mentioned, um, this is, this is, this is a weird podcast if you're familiar with it. And so we like to talk about strange stuff. And this, um, this is a UFO story I've never heard of, um, before a couple days ago. Um, and I think I'm fairly familiar, um, with a lot of them famous UFO stuff. Uh, stories, but this is this is this was a new one on me. So if you're not familiar with the UFO phenomenon, um, the stories vary obviously because they're first-hand accounts mostly. Um, but uh, there's usually two or three types of aliens, quote unquote. Um, so there's the the Roswell gray alien. It's like the usually small, sometimes larger, but always like a big head, big black eyes. Um, then there's like uh, also like a gray. You, they're referred to as grays, or um, sometimes they have darker skin. But 
Um, there's also, there's also, these are usually older accounts, but there's also accounts of like a very good looking Nordic type alien, if you will. Sometimes they're referred to as that, like blonde hair, really, really fit and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. Kyle's pulling up pics, but yeah, they, they, they're very, their features look like humans. They're very, very good features. Um, and then there's also like a reptilian, um, green scaly alien. Those are also fairly common. Um, but we, yeah, so we, we, we found this one. This is about a UFO case in Zimbabwe where 62 school children experienced a flying saucer land on their, land on their school grounds while they were um, they were out in the playground in the early morning while um, the teachers, all the teachers were in a meeting. There was only one adult who was um, opening like a little, um, almost like a concession stand yeah. where they had like little snacks and whatnot. And this was, this was a private school outside the capital of Zimbabwe. And um, this, this craft landed, according to some of the students, it landed and a gray alien came out um it just kind of stood there it didn't move towards them or anything um some of the kids there 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 are actually first-hand interviews two months after this happened um dr dr mac dr mac dr mac from um harvard Harvard. Harvard. <laughs> Dr. Mac from Harvard um, came, or he went down there with one of his colleagues, and they interviewed these kids one-on-one, no groups, um, one-on-one, and um, he was convinced that these kids had experienced something, because from from his training and his... I mean, yeah, his professional I mean, experience. His profession, I mean, he's, he's Harvard, Harvard educated, so you have to take him with some credit. Um, it's not University of Phoenix. <laughs> No, no. No disrespect to University yeah, no, of Phoenix, no, no, no. but no, I'm not throwing any shade there. But hey, <laughs> I will. I'll take my Harvard. <laughs> take my Harvard educated. Yeah, yeah. So he went down there. He was convinced. Um, so they interviewed these kids two months after. Um, there was one girl who. This, this is probably the most impactful um, experience that because each had each had their own experiences, obviously. But this one girl said that she felt um that the et had somehow um put thoughts into her head so this is this is a this is a fairly common experience that a lot of ufo encounters um have especially with the grays is that there's some sort of telepathy happening between the person seeing and um the et and so she said that she um had the thought of we are destroying the earth and that humans need to become more conscious about what they're doing to the earth and she said that this thought was not something that she had before this happened and she told dr mac that so she did um so there is a video that eric and i watched and i'm sure eric will post it Mm -hmm. to the website and they interviewed first of all they interviewed each of the kids, like Eric said, and they. Uh, the thing that got me is they had them all draw a picture, yes. and obviously the pictures detailed, you know, 
various details. Yeah. But for them, they said for the most part, the pictures all like relatively look the same, mm-hmm. which I think is impressive for kids that age to yeah. draw, you know, relatively the same mm-hmm. thing, especially with, I mean, the imaginations, you know, that kids have. Also in the video, they interviewed uh, four of the children 20 years later and they they all said like I like I know what I saw that day like we are they are extraterrestrials out there we are not the only ones mm-hmm. in yep. the universe they were still convinced something had happened um and the they interviewed some of the uh, teachers as well after the two months after the, the two months after it happened um and the teacher said that they believe something happened and they've never seen the kids run up to them so fast like they did and they were convinced that it could not have been staged um yeah one of the one of the teachers said you know at first i was skeptical and then like hearing the kids talk about it and like some of the details and basically like how fanatic the kids were that this happened she said that she obviously wasn't there so they were in a, like eric said they were in a faculty meeting but that she was convinced that it's not, you know something occurred. Yeah, yeah. Um, so a couple, I don't know, a couple things I thought were interesting is that that this is like this is an extre- this is like an extremely um, no, I don't know, normal UFO experience like. It's very, like, there's a flying saucer, there's a gray, um, and it's, it's very ominous. So, if, if, I mean, if you're not familiar with, like, the history of UFO experiences, like, the Roswell crash was, like, supposedly, like, a flying saucer and a gray alien. So, I don't know. It's, it, the only, the only thing for me, um, because when, if you watch the video, the kids, they're very believable. You can tell that something definitely happened. The, I am only skeptical about how just kind of simple and um, traditional the 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 experience was. But yeah, what kind of what Eric was saying? Like the gray alien is like your most typical. Like when I say alien, that's probably like the one that pops yeah. you know into your head. Definitely. And again, like with the flying saucer. Yeah. It's it's pretty uh as far as extraterrestrial experiences go, it's pretty much the most generic one that's, you can that's have. What you think about yeah, yeah. Um, what did you or what what is your take on the the UFO phenomenon in general? Uh, so I I am a believer. I do believe in UFOs, and I believe. Did you believe in aliens as well? What's the difference? Well, you uh, so UFOs, oh yes yes yeah. okay so UFOs we talked about is, this yeah uh-huh. I'll, I'll mention this real fast so UFOs is like just unidentified flying objects so it technically doesn't have to be an alien and there's also USOs unidentified submerged objects that are also the same but usually they're just underwater or go underwater um, but usually there's usually there's at least some correlation between aliens. So I am, I will revise my statement, I am a, a, I am a believer in extraterrestrials. Okay. I am a believer in aliens. Solid. Uh, 
if the universe is as big as scientists tells us it is, I find it nearly impossible that we are the only forms of intelligent life. Mm. If, you know, scientists say that there are thousands, thousands of light years, probably millions in like every direction. Like that is just a lot of light years. You know, the the speed, the speed of light for millions of years. And you're telling me we are the only form of intelligent life. I think that is super hard for me to believe and probably mathematically improbable. Yeah, I would say so. Improbable for sure. Yeah. What about, what about? Yeah, I definitely think there's something going on just because so many people, so many people think they have seen UFOs or have had some sort of encounter with UFOs, whether it be the, th- the two or three uh, types of aliens I mentioned before. Um, so the, the speed of light is 186,000 miles per second. Yeah. Per second. Per second. And if you did that for years, you're telling me you couldn't find... I know. Again, what I, I... I am a believer, but when it comes down to it, like, I feel like the math is just like right there, like in front of you. I agree. It's just a matter of it's just a matter of physical evidence. But some people claim that there are physical evidence, and I mean, for these kids, it seems like they were convinced. They were. And the thing about the thing about the kids is like, unless they heard it at home, I don't think they would have any reason to create this. Oh yes, the girl, uh, Eric and I were talking about the the girl that said we're not taking care of the earth. Mm-hmm. I think she she looked like she was like seven. Yeah, somewhere around there. She looked pretty young to have environmentally conscious ideas. Unless, mm-hmm. like I said, unless you know those ideas had been brought up at home or yeah. at school. Again, I didn't go to Zimbabwe middle school, so I don't know what they talk about. Um, <laughs> but I, I feel like as a seven-year-old, maybe your brain's not worried about destroying the earth, at least environmentally. I know as a seven-year-old, I mean, maybe it's because I was, I'm, you know, I'm a boy. Mm-hmm. I, you know, you worried about, like, war and stuff. Shooting things? Yeah. Yeah. Not least. like, hey, you know, we're killing the earth because it's getting too hot and <laughs> maybe the earth's dying. I don't know. I think that's, like, a developed... It is a developed a pretty, mindset. Yeah, developed thought for yeah. a six- or seven-year-old to have. Yeah, I agree. Um, well, yeah, I think, I think there's something to this, this, uh, this encounter, um, but. To defend my, my UFO theory, mm-hmm. where people are like, oh, you know, the closest living, so our scientists have said that the closest possible form of life is several thousand light years away. And if aliens have the technology to visit Earth, I think they also have the technology to make themselves themselves or their planet invisible to our yeah. inferior technology. Yeah. If they're technologically superior. 
I think if they visit us, they already are technologically. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yes, yes, yes. If they visit us, they're definitely technologically superior. Because, I mean, we can we can get out of the atmosphere. Like, obviously, there's the ISS. But that's about it. And we've been to the moon. If you believe it. <laughs> Let's not go there. If you believe <laughs> in such things. If you believe things. we've been to the moon, we've been to the moon. Um, so, yeah. It definitely, they could. I think they could cloak themselves... Well, and especially in a lot of these UFO experiences, there's an, an aspect of the UFOs kind of making themselves present when they want to. Mm-hmm. It's like they have, um, uh, I don't know, an interdimensional ability to do so. Appear and reappear. Yeah. I should mention that some people believe that uh, UFOs, obviously there's extraterrestrial, like they come from different planets or whatnot, but there's also the idea that... Um, they could be from a different dimension or oh. that they can time travel. So they could be interdimensional beings and that's why they're able to pop in and out, if you will, of existence and make themselves seen and unseen. Um, so yeah. There's yeah, with with the um, with the time traveling, it's like they're highly advanced humans that have come back and in this case, you could say to warn us, like this little girl had the thought implanted, um, to warn us that we're off track and that we need to fix things or else something bad will happen. Yeah. So those are, those are, those are the kind of two ideas, the mainstream ideas, if you will, that I've heard of. So I think if we discover other forms of intelligent life in space I think they will be inferior to ourselves mm. you would kind of think so I think if, obviously if we get visited yeah. it'll be superior yeah because they figured out how to get here and mm. to do it pretty much undetected mm-hmm. at least as far as we think yeah um It'll be interesting which one comes first. Hmm. I wonder if there are uninhabited planets that are that don't have life. Un uninhabited habitable planets that don't have life. Uh, yeah. Again, I'm, dude, I'm sure yeah. there are. I'm sh- I mean, yes. I'm sure there yeah. are. They've I mean they found with like telescopes mm, and whatnot that there are definitely habitable planets. Just a matter of getting there. We still don't have the technology to do that. It would take literally forever. Like Kyle said, <laughs> thousands of light years, hundreds of light years, even tens of light years. It would take forever because you're, you're not going that fast. You see what I mean? If it's 10 light years away, you would have to travel at the speed of light for 10 years to get there. Oh, I know. And we're not even close, not even a fraction of the speed of light. I mean, no. I think you would die. Well, yeah, I mean, it, I'm it's, saying it's, if you if I, you're I, going that fast, I, I don't think your body could take the. No, no, there there would have to be some sort of um, there would have to be some sort of uh, artificial gravity. Yeah, on oh, the there has to be. Kind of like in in 2001, a space odyssey. They have a they have this rotating wheel that allows the the um, astronauts to walk and whatnot. Yeah, so there would have to be some sort of artificial gravity to travel like that. But Dude, now we just talked about like harnessing gravity. Hard, yeah, it's like uh, Interstellar. We yes, talk about yeah, harnessing yeah, gravity. Yeah, yeah. yeah, great film. 
Well, good. Anything else? Nope. I've got, I've got nothing. We're done. We're done here. Um, again, we'll post a video on our website. If you're, if you're interested, take a look at it. Or just search on YouTube, Zimbabwe UFO. You'll find it. Um, really interesting, really fascinating. There, I think there is a longer video, but it's like two hours. I'm so, pretty sure. Yeah. So, hey, it's a movie. I, I, there might be. There might be. It's a, essentially. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, check that out. Um, check it out for yourself. Um, and, yeah, it's good stuff. Well, thanks for being with us this week. Uh, we appreciate it um, at our second round today. Um, so, yeah, check worth, us out. If it's worth doing once, it's worth doing twice, right? Hey, anything worth doing <laughs> is worth overdoing. So there you go. Um We'll do, yeah, catch us next week. Um, I think Grayson might be in town. Let's oh. have Grayson back on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A little G-Rack. Um, catch us on iTunes, Audio Boom, Stitcher, and exclusively on Spotify. Um, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your wife, tell your kids. <laughs> and we'll catch you next week. Thanks for being with us.